This is the New Mom Show. Two sisters, two babies, and more than two cups of coffee. I'm Alexis. And I'm LaToya. And we're figuring out how to do new motherhood right along with you. Join us as we navigate the good stuff, the hard stuff, and the what the heck just happened stuff. So glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the new mom show. It is June officially. Um, I feel like some people are like, oh, my God, I can't believe it's June. I feel like I can't believe it's only June. (laughs) Like, this is the longest year in the history of all time. It's just June. It should be Halloween. Mm -hmm. Um, So today we wanted to take some time to talk about uh, what's going on in our communities. And um, I don't know, I sound kind of somber. And it's just because I kind of am. And I I don't want this to be like a political thing. and this isn't about, this conversation's not going to necessarily be about pushing you into any directions or anything like that, but um, I just felt the need to, like, openly share um, because there's so many things going on in the world, going on in our country, going on in our, our literal neighborhood, and um, it's very difficult to find time to process to make sure that we are you know, taking care of ourselves and taking care of our families and our communities. And so we wanted to kind of come and have a conversation about that because it is, it's hard and it's a lot and, um, and people need support and people need to be talking about what's going on, um, specifically with people that you're safe with. So, so Lex, could you kind of lay out the context of what is literally happening right now? Today is Wednesday, um, June 3rd. Also, my son is nine months old today. <laughs> um, I know every month that passes makes me less stressed out. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to rush him growing up, but you know, y'all know how it is with a baby where you're like, you know, they could eat new things and you're like, oh, thank God. Okay, yeah. We're diversifying the palate. Dinner's getting easier. Mm-hmm. They can stand a little bit. Oh, thank God they're not busting their heads all day. Like, it's just, you know, things. <laughs> As they grow up, things get easier. Though you don't want them to grow up, it's just the fact it eases a little bit. Yeah, okay. Sure. That being said, my son is nine months today. Okay. Um, but in a larger picture, um, on Memorial Day, George Floyd was murdered. And um, since George Floyd was murdered, there have been multiple protests and riots throughout the United States. Um, there have been large protests actually around the world they're happening in major cities everywhere yeah um and even in small towns and um, i saw one like in a small town in england um and there have been lots of um lots of i guess mixed uh information lots of uh division lots of dissensions lots of um just you know people are People are outraged for many reasons, and um, and people from different backgrounds are outraged for different kinds of reasons. And I'm not using this podcast platform to talk about, you know, where you come from and who you are. Um, but Latoya and I want to share our experience of um, what we are going through 
during this time. And um, again, we're not here to sh- to sway you in any directions. We're not here to tell you who to vote for. We're not here to um, help you associate with any political parties. Um, we are here to express and share our experience. And, um, you know, sometimes you don't want to make things about race, but um, Latoya and I are both black women, so I don't think everything has to be about race, but we are black, so there are things that are about race and not because we we chose for them to be. That's just the way it is. So in our experiences, I, I personally, I won't speak for Toya, but I am experiencing um, these things with a certain kind of lens based on what I've gone through in my life as a black person. So, Yeah. How are you processing um, what's going on? Um, I'm not well, I'll, I'll be very frank. Um, I used to feel, I'm not going to lie, like, uh, y'all know, if this is not the first episode you've ever listened to of our show, like, y'all know I can be 100 all the time. I have been this way. I can't remember not being this way, honestly. So, but there's a level of, like, truth about myself that I am, I have really connected with um, during this time, which is that. You know, I have experienced a lot of trauma in my life. That's a fact. I've not, I've been very open about that. I have been physically abused. I've been sexually abused. I have been, um, I have been verbally assaulted, verbally abused. I have experienced a lot of things. I've had horrible relationships, romantic. I've had, I have experienced a lot of crap. Yeah. But there is a part of me that feels like I'm strong. I gotta be strong. Mm. And so even when I'm having a hard time, there's a voice in the back of my head that says girl, you've been through enough, you've been through a lot, you're strong, you gotta be strong. And that voice has, like, helped me survive many things in my life because I have kind of factualized that I am strong. But that does not mean that I'm always okay. And I sometimes can get that twisted. I can Mm. twist up the fact that I'm strong with the fact that I'm not okay in the moment. Mm. And during this time, I've just been very, I've started to become, I was not at first, when George Floyd was murdered, I felt like, I felt a lot of stuff, I felt a lot of stuff, Um, I felt enraged, I felt, I felt devastated, I felt, I, I just felt like the world is on fire, and Jesus come, please, for the love of God, just come back, yeah, um, but as time has passed, I am seeing that I am not okay. Mm. Um, I'm not doing well. I'm not healthy. I think that I am in a place where the choices I make determine where I'll be moving forward. So I can acknowledge that I'm not doing okay. But if I choose to take a moment to meditate, um, then hopefully in a year, two years, five years, as I continue to do the work I'm doing, I'll be stronger for it. I'll have moments where I'm able to be better. Um, But I feel like I'm in this ground stage of having to do the work 24-7, literally 24-7, so that I can try to, 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 I won't even say be okay, so I can try to, like, stay afloat. Um, It's been very hard for me to be um, engaged with my kids. I have to 
I have to like pray so intensely for God to give me the energy to engage with my kids, to give me the focus to engage with my kids, to not get distracted while I'm engaged with my kids. Um, it's been really hard for me, but I've been, I, it's, it's been my number one priority um, to make sure that whatever time I give to them, that I'm, I'm present for it. Um, and then it's been really difficult for me to practice a lot of self-care, but it's come to the point where I'm sure a lot of you can relate to this as moms and in different ways, different things we go through where your self-care becomes non-optional, where you start to see, if I don't take care of myself, I'm, I'm going to lose it. I'm yeah. going to lose my stuff. Yeah. So I have been coming to that on a daily basis in my life for the past two weeks of, and, and honestly, I'll be frank, this started when Ahmaud Arbery died. When Ahmaud Arbery was shot, I I stopped sleeping, and um, I started grinding my teeth horribly in my sleep because I was suppressing my pain and anxiety. So in my, I would wake up with migraines every day for like 11 days, just waking up, like taking ibuprofen first thing in the morning. And... Um, and as I started to like try to meditate and reach out, I realized just how not okay I'm doing. So um, I have something I've, I've been doing for the past few days, not even for a long time, just the past few days is there are, there are black men and women in my life that have been mentors and friends and even parental figures um, that have reached out to me and offered to talk to me and to listen to me, and to hear me in a very unfiltered way, and it has been life-saving for me. Mm. Um, last night, this, uh, this guy named Edward, who <laughs> listens to our show sometimes, so what a bit, um, he had, I've known Edward since I was 11, him and his wife have been in my life forever, his wife is like another mother to me, she is amazing, and he has always been, he has always been there for me, and um, he called me yesterday, and I just, you know, I lit up. I went in. I told him all the things I was thinking and feeling, and uh, and he and he let me know how he was thinking and feeling. He related to me. He shared some of his stuff with me. He's a father. He has three children. He shared what he was experiencing with me. I mean, he was very honest and vulnerable with me, me and gave me a lot of space to be very honest and vulnerable with him. And after that conversation, I mean, I felt like I had so much space to be a good mom. I had so much space to be present for my kids and to talk to my husband about something besides all of the traumatic events going on. I just, it freed up space for me to feel like a human. And I think that's what we're doing in this struggle anyway, is trying to humanize, um, trying to make sure we, that we humanize people. And, um, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not doing okay, but every day I'm starting to figure, I'm learning more about myself and, um, and I'm, and I'm being upfront when people tell, I get texts from people every single day, multiple people a day. Are you doing okay? I'm just checking in. I want to check on you. How are you doing? And I'm a hundred percent, you know what? I'm not good. <laughs> and, um, and we've been having some stuff at my job too, which, you know, we had someone use a racial slur and some people on the higher ups are not handling that well. And, and it did directly affect me and, so on top of processing what's going on in the world, you know, I'm processing what's going on in my, my work with my career and trying to figure out how I, how I have these conversations where I don't back down, but I'm heard and I'm civil and I'm correct. So I don't know. That was a long thing to say. 
I'm not doing well, but I'm doing the work and, and I am imagining that I will be doing well in the future and the way that I'm putting my time and energy in right now to making sure that I'm honest with myself, that I'm gracious with myself, that I am asking for help. And when people offer help that I'm accepting it, that's also been something new. I do. I never, ever take handouts. That is not who I am. I mean, I, I don't do that. I don't even take money from my parents. You know, I call my grandma. So, <laughs> and at this season in my life, I'm people are like, can I make you food? And I'm like, yes, you know, can I buy you dinner? Yes, you can. Um, can I come over and play with your kids? Yes, you can. Yeah. You know, I, people are offering to help me stay sane, stay safe, stay okay, stay afloat. And, and for the first time in my life, I'm in a place where I'm open to that. And I, it also gives me space to um, be able to offer that to other people too, which um, I've never, I've never had that kind of exchange. You know, in my life, I have definitely been a mentor to many. I teach high school. Um, you know, anybody who's teaching high school likes being a mentor because it just comes with the job. Yeah. Um, but I've been able to you know, check in on my homegirls that are younger than me. Hey, Sahara, how you doing? I see you out here protesting. Can I Venmo you some money so you can get a coffee and keep going? You know, do y'all have water out here? I'm going to Venmo you some money, buy yourself some water, make sure you're taking care of yourself. You know, it's, I've been ha- I've been able to have this space to help others because I'm actively uh, accepting assistance. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm just, I'm learning a lot. Um, I, you know, I don't know if you, I know moms out here, I, we, we've had seasons of our life where, you know, you can feel yourself growing and it yeah. doesn't feel good, but you know it. Like, yeah. I can look at myself and know, like, I'm, I'm becoming better because of this. You know, I'm going to be a better mom, a better wife, a better friend, a better leader because of this. But it freaking sucks and it does not feel good. So, um, yeah, there's been protests in my neighborhood there's been looting and rioting in my neighborhood like literally less than a mile away from my house um and you know it can't it can be scary at times I have small children you know I'm not personally scared for myself I'm just scary to think that we would ever be in an unsafe position with small children I know every mom ever in the world can relate to that feeling um but I also, um, I also want to be honest with my kids about what's going on. So it's allowed me to talk to Maya, you know, what's that sound? Those are sirens. Those are police officers. Oh, what's that sound? That's an ambulance. I mean, someone's hurt. We should pray for them. Um, so, so yeah, that was a super long answer, but I'm not, I'm not good, but I'm, I'm here. I'm showing up. I'm doing the work. I can share a little bit about my experience right now. Um, Some of the things that are coming up for me are similar to what you described, but also different. I definitely, obviously, like if a person saw me on the street, they would say she's black or maybe Latina. I've had people come up to me speaking Spanish. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Ditto. Um, what up, Puerto Rico? What up, Dominican Republic? Yeah. yeah. I've definitely gotten Puerto Rican. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I identify as mixed. Um, and so I feel like the mixed experience for me has been very specific 
because um, we have a white mom. All of our siblings have a white mom and a black dad. And um, I think that there are some things, man, you know, it's crazy. It's like hard to even know where to start. But what this has brought up for me is things that I experienced. It's been a reminder of some unfortunate experiences that I've had growing up that you know, probably every brown girl in the country can relate to. Um, and there are things that I don't often think about. Uh, I was My neighbor and I, we walk or run together five days a week. And so we're always having all these chats, you know, about whatever's going on. And I was telling her, like, um, yeah, I, you know, even growing up in Southern California, which is like the liberalist of the liberal, and I I remember my the first racial slur I ever heard towards myself. I was in, I don't know, maybe third grade. Um, and so my identity as a woman of color has been really um, confusing, I think. And because, because I have a white mom and just not knowing, like, where I fit and what what is my culture? What's my cultural background? What do I hold on to? Where... Where do I find grounding? Um, but then when something really traumatic like this happens, you're, you know, reminded that, or I'm reminded that even though I have a unique experience as an individual and as a mixed person um, who's half black, half white, and then, you know, little drops of other stuff, um, that the world still sees me uh, kind of like under a blanket, under the black blanket, mm. and that... That is not a unique experience, you know? So um, there is, it's really, it's kind of hard to verbalize. There is such devastation. It's so incredibly depressing to think about, um, you know, what has been happening around us. Um, and I have felt very, I mean, incredibly anxious, so anxious that I got sick to my stomach yesterday. Um, and I've had to really limit my exposure to the news and to social media. Like I'm still on our Instagram account, the new mom show, but I have to be very careful not to like spend too much time scrolling or going through people's stories or anything, because as a person who is currently still recovering from, um, excuse me, very severe anxiety and depressive episodes for the last 18 months. Um, like I, I had another one like a week or two ago because I was having what um, my therapist thought were more flashbacks from being sexually abused as a child. So yeah, I guess this is that episode, huh? This is like the vulnerable of the vulnerable episodes. Um, <laughs> so because I'm already recovering from my own story, you know, very violent trauma, um, I have to be careful because seeing more violence in the news against people who look like me is um, incredibly distressing and triggering and can send me into spirals and setbacks where I'm not able to give to my family for hours at a time and I'm like just in a room with the door closed by myself, unable to function on the floor. Like, and that doesn't help anyone. <laughs> so it doesn't help me. It doesn't help my family. It doesn't help the community. It doesn't help anyone. So what I'm trying to do is limit my exposure to what's going on. Um, 
and to try to fill my cup. So I got another book this week called 14,000 Things to Be Happy About, which I just got today and it's been really grounding to start reading. I've been doing my breathing exercises and yoga, walking, praying, um, talking to people a little bit, you know, like I've talked to my husband, I've talked to um, my the person who I go to to process my trauma. Um, I have therapy tomorrow. So kind of like what you were talking about, Lex, with self-care being, I mean, there's just, there's no wiggle room. If I, if I don't create significant space for self-care, I'm literally shut up in a room by myself. I, I cannot function. So weird weird time but it's not new you know so I'm still trying to figure out like what to think about things and how to so I think I've just been feeling sad like just kind of heavy and super super anxious and unsafe um but all of that being said I don't want to leave on a note of just um you know the truth of the matter is that we are discouraged we are discouraged right now in regards to what's happening around us. It's deeply affecting us. Um, but I, I really want to close with just like how, how are you, um, you talked about like how it's promoting growth within you, which I can also see for myself. It's really challenging me to face fears in a really um, significant way internally. So for you, like you said, it's promoting growth. What what does that look like for you moving forward? Like, how is it strengthening you? What is it inspiring you to do um, in spite of, you know, really the, the devastation of what's happening? Yeah. Um, so I've just, I've been really inspired to, um, to really, like, use my gifts. So sometimes, like, I, everybody knows this. I'm, an, I'm a garden educator. I teach... Um, I teach gardening, agriculture, food injustice. Um, I don't know why I throw that out lightly, like it's not a big deal, but <laughs> those are the keys to life. So um, I'm constantly like learning about these things and uh, reading about these things. And, you know, I'm trying to, I'm always trying to grow my knowledge. Um, and I teach them to my students, but I've been coming to this understanding during this time that, you know, I work at this school that I love and, um, but I work with very privileged kids for the most part. There are a few kids that don't come from privileged backgrounds for sure. Um, but I've been finding that, you know, I'm using my gift to educate people who will always have access to this. And I have not been using my gift as of late, which is my gift. When I say my gift, I'm talking about um, my expertise. And the, though I'm not an expert, no one's an expert at this. Um, but my expertise and my knowledge um, to build up um, people who don't necessarily have the access to this the way that other people do, as well as my own community, um, whether that's my local community in the city I live in, um, the community of people of, of black people. There's, you know, the, my my community and the people that matter to me. And um, so I actually like posted on my Instagram today that I'm going to be doing. Um, like garden classes and series on Instagram live and I'll post them on Facebook and I can do some on zoom. Um, and I'll be doing them donation based and making sure that I don't, I, all the money is going to get donated. Um, but because I have small children, you know, having small children, and I know a lot of moms can relate to this. Like 
it makes it very difficult to figure out what you can do when you feel a lot of things about injustice, whatever that injustice is. Um, so what I decided to do was, okay, let me host some classes and I'll just fundraise. You know, I, we've got a little money in the savings right now. I told my husband, you know, I'm not trying to dump this. Well, I am trying to dump the savings, honestly, but you know, I also need to save for my children in my future. So, um, but we're going to put some money aside and we're going to be giving to giving back to our community financially. And then I'm going to do these classes and be able to give back to my community as well. So um, that has helped. This experience has opened my eyes to new ways where I see I can give back because in the past I've been young without kids and I have been on the front lines. I have said this matters to me and this isn't okay. And I literally leave and go out and fight it. And now I have these two small people that I think about all the time. Everything I do, I think about, are they going to be safe? Are they going to be taken care of? Am I, is my, are my choices going to affect them? So I'm finding new ways to give and serve and protect um, while still making sure I can take care of my family as a mom. Um, and that's been really cool. That's probably one of the most encouraging things I've kind of discovered um, because, you know, motherhood's my, my, my number one hat, you know. I always want to say why, being a wife is my number one hat. My husband's a girl man, you know. <laughs> Anything happens to me he'll feed himself yeah. i mean hopefully or his homies will you know but like <laughs> my my kids can't lose me you know and so not not based on my choices you know if, if if other things happen you know of course like you know god's will but as far as the choices i make mom wearing my mom hat comes first so i found ways to also wear my alexis hat and my gardener hat and my um activist hat which is my fantasy i'm an activist and so um that's been really cool. And that's the, that's the growth that I want to see in my future, mm -hmm. finding more ways for me to make sure that I take care of me and mine first, but that it doesn't stop there. And that, you know, my kids don't have to suffer because of that. So I don't know when I think of growth, that's what I think of. I think of, of, of expanding um, my reach without neglecting my priorities. Yeah, that is, Super encouraging. Um, yes, I. For me, I think it's it is different. Um, similarly, before children, definitely was way more involved in my community, and um, you know, in my early twenties, I was really passionate about um, serving the homeless and working with the homeless. And then in my like mid to late twenties, I worked for several years with foster youth and I worked with, um, kids who were suffering from trauma, helping them to teaching them skills to deescalate, working with their therapists and things like that. Um, and it was amazing. And I was, I mean, I mentored girls, you know, just all the things I marched literally next to Jesse Jackson and people have mixed feelings about Jesse Jackson, but I'm just saying like, I, definitely before having children um, was all about doing anything I could, anything I could to support marginalized communities in particular, worked at a clinic, all those things. Now, <laughs> as a mom and a wife who has been really struggling with my mental health in the last year and a half, I have really, really shifted gears. So my priority right now um, is to be well, to be stable, 
so that I can raise up my beautiful little brown girl um, to feel like her home is her safe place of belonging and stability and security and not a place where her support systems are um, unpredictable or falling apart, you know? So, um, yeah, my response to everything that is going on right now is to work to build up my home. And I'm hoping that as I continue to stabilize and collect tools to be healthier um, as a person, that our home can be a safe place that we can start to bring other people into. Um, and uh, like we used to do, oh my gosh, years ago, we used to do this thing called night nights at the square table where we would have people over, Lexi was there, Eric wasn't in the picture yet, mm-hmm. but um, we would have young people over and we would talk about issues, current events, things we were reading, you know, what was challenging us and inspiring us in a really like, through a social lens. So I'm hoping that we can do things like that, that motivate and inspire people and feed people and um, encourage people in a, yeah, in a really stable and safe environment. So right now I'm just building the, I think I'm just laying the foundation for, for, yeah, for a safe and welcoming environment. Mm. But it starts Mm. with me, with my mental health. So, Mm -hmm. yes. Um, This is definitely one of our heavier episodes. If you are listening, um, no matter what your cultural background is or your, you know, age or geographical location, um, we are hoping that if you are relating to anything that we're saying, any of our feelings, that you um, feel a sense of community with us at the New Mom Show, that you are reminded you're not alone, that this is... Um, a safe place for people to feel um, heard and loved and, and for hearts to be taken care of. We are not a political forum. I think I, I think I could speak for both of us when I say like what we really value at the end of the day are people's hearts, um, which are affected by everything else, of course. But um, we, we really want you ladies to feel like you can reach out if you need encouragement or if you need support. Or, um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of all we can offer at this point um, as a new mom show. But hopefully that is substantial for you. I know we have a really diverse group of listeners. So we appreciate all of you and um, look forward to staying connected as the days go by, as we move into summer. And, uh, yeah, thank you for all of your support and those of you who are reaching out and sending lots of love. We do have, I will say on that note, we have started a small book club um, that is going to meet every two months. Um, We still have a few spots open, and if there's a lot of people who really want to join, then we'll split it into two groups, and Alexis can facilitate one maybe, or I can facilitate one, or maybe another member of our community can facilitate one, so it can continue to grow if it's something that really works out. So that's like one way that we can collectively join forces um, and like vote on different books in the upcoming months, especially depending on how people are feeling about everything that's going on. And then also Mm -hmm. we are hoping to establish a group called Honestly Motherhood. The plan was to do it in June. That is not going to happen. But hopefully this year we're going to establish a kind of like a community support group called Honestly Motherhood, um, where we dig a little bit deeper and 
um, connect a little bit more frequently regarding what is coming up in motherhood, especially that which is challenging. All right, y'all. Take care of yourselves and be very, very safe, as safe as yeah. you possibly can. It's There's a lot of things going on, so a lot. be safe and take care of yourselves, y'all. We are so excited to let you know that this week's episode is brought to you by Cantu Beauty. Cantu Beauty has been a trusted go-to textured hair care solution for the entire family for over 10 years. In our family of origin, myself, Alexis, and our little brothers have actually been using Cantu products for years as well, but we just discovered the Cantu Care for Kids line. Right now, we are all about the nourishing shampoo and nourishing conditioner, which are awesome for helping to keep the curls holding together. Since using these products on my daughter, she has less frizz and tighter, more defined curls. We've noticed a huge difference in the hair of both our girls' curls, actually, since we started using these products. The products smell super fresh, and they make our hair look even fresher. And speaking of fresh, the Cantu Kids Refresher, which is designed to reduce frizz and add shine, is an especially great product for Maya, who has tighter curls and thicker hair than Juliana. Their range of products in this kids line is great for the many different textures curly hair comes in. And while the Cantu Care for Kids line is made with kids in mind, I actually use these products too. My hair is longer and a bit thicker and often drier than my daughter's usually. But these products make me want to wear my hair down every day to show off the shine of my curls now. Cantu Care for Kids uses shea butter, coconut oil, and honey to help nourish those curls. And you can join us in the Cantu crew by heading over to their website at www.cantubeauty.com or you can head over to sallybeauty.com. Thanks for joining us. Get the show notes at thenewmomshow.com. And don't forget to subscribe so we can stay in touch. And feel free to leave a review on iTunes so we can reach more new moms like you. New New moms moms out. out!